Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about season 11, episode 3, titled Hunted. Uh, Aaron, what'd you think of this uh, follow up to a couple of episodes that we didn't really care for? Yeah, I thought this was a, a step in the right direction and uh, mostly good. In fact, that's what I was, I was. I was hoping this would happen. We were talking about last episode, and I think the feedback, um, the idea that like there was a lot of shitty seasons in six, seven, and eight. You know, or seven and eight for sure. Um, but yet, like when Kang referred back to those for some character moments, they still kind of work because it's like, well, okay, if, it didn't work at the time, but like literally, that's what happened in the plot. So like, yeah, I think that like Maggie and Negan in this episode are where they would be if Negan had carried into like. <laughs> not been quite as big an asshole in the last two episodes, like tried to be a little bit more fighting for his lifestyle or whatnot. But it worked because like, that's kind of where I expected them to be. And it's not how I got there. But now that they're here, it's like, okay, it's not all right. Maggie hasn't forgotten. There's a couple scenes that directly reference her experiences with, with Glenn and Negan. But I thought it was, yeah, I, I, this is a step in the right direction for sure. I think, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. Um, this episode has like one big freaking question mark that we'll talk about when we get to it. But other than that, I think it was pretty good. I don't really give a shit about prison tats. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they'll do something to sympathize that character at some point, but uh, so far it has not been it. Uh, so I don't know. I, I like Kelly and you know, I, I, I like the conflict they're setting up with like Carol giving Kelly some kind of false hope, but you get the opinion that maybe it's also Carol giving herself false hope, trying to get herself off the hook for the shit that she got the rest of the group into. Um, all that stuff is like pretty nuanced, pretty interesting. Uh, certainly more interesting than cooking rat soup, I guess. Um, and then, you know, the stuff that they're doing with the kids, I guess I liked. I don't know. Oh, I really like that. And yeah, I, yeah I, I don't know. Not, you know, this is a different world, right? Yeah. I, I don't know what I think about Magna being the elder stateswoman of the group that can like quash beefs and negotiate interpersonal relationships. Like, where did this fucking Magna come from? Like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought other than that and a couple other things, I, I thought it was mostly good. I really dug the stuff. The kids talking about uh, the relationship with their parents, uh, eating horse meat, mm-hmm. uh, what it's like that to be fun. the kid in the apocalypse. That was that was good. It didn't feel it, it didn't it didn't feel like they were like wise behind their years. They just felt like kids that have been through some shit, you know? Yeah. Um, and I like Judith kind of being the moral support there. Right. Um, like I get a like. Is it AJ or RJ? I forget. I mix them up with the game. Rick Jr. I think Rick that's Jr. what it is. So it's okay, RJ. Okay. Uh, yeah, him being like, you know, kind of worried that, you know, his mom's not coming back. Like it, you, you see all of these kids with like parents who've said they're going to come back and then they either don't come back or like they're so far off the radar at this point. Who knows if they're coming back? And RJ, who's just like, it just had this moment with his mom, right? Where she right. left. She's still out there. She might come back, but I don't know. Yeah. A lot of question marks um, around those kids at the moment. And I feel like they're dealing with it pretty well. Yeah. I'm also, I still think the Reavers are not super interesting, but I'm a little bit interested in the idea that they might be a religious cult. You know me. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, crazy religious cult. I'm all about that shit. So like, I thought that the idea that there was something like the Reapers, maybe now I'm, I'm thinking about that I, as a more of a biblical sense than a uh, uh, a firefly sense. You know that the hmm. the day of reaping and you're separating the wheat from the chaff, the sheep from the goats, all that kind of thing. I think that that would be kind of interesting. I'm I'm a little bit more invested now that they're not just literally faceless goons. All right. I've got I've got a Casey Jones theory I'm working on in relation oh, to the yeah? Reapers. Yeah, which this episode has been the genesis for. He's a hundred percent an ex Reaper, right? Still an explanation. That's where I'm going, but I got I got a little addition that probably won't pan out. It's probably not right, but we'll <laughs> see when we talk about it. Is he gonna make a nuclear bomb from a fallen Russian satellite? Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. And and a, a heaping bowl of rat soup. Ah, yeah. I, it was painful seeing Carol return to the scene of the crime when she went back to the supply garage and started scrounging yeah. turnips and shit. I'm like, oh god, cooking with Carol Part Three. No. But uh, no, nah, that was that was good. And honestly, the horses yeah. was a nice shot in the arm for the community. You know, yeah, that moment where they start like they they wrangle the horses into the pen and they start playing the upbeat music, the hopeful music. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm feeling it. Horses want to come home. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I like the the sort of. I was gonna say they 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 took a hard left turn after that scene back into like Walking Dead, but but yeah, that moment totally understandable. it's, It's nice when the characters have a couple moments where they can have a measure of happiness. Yeah, yeah. I will say it's pretty efficient food storage. Like horses are just going to, you know, eat grass or whatever. Got plenty of grass around. It's true. Uh, it's true. I think like keeping the walking refrigerator that is the horse meat <laughs> on legs yeah. is pretty good. You know, they can ride them until they got to eat them. Yeah. And- ride them till just, just like the old days on the range. Yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, and I like the sort of nuanced, uh, thing they're setting up between uh Aaron and Carol where like they each have their own ideas on what is going to help this community in this moment of crisis and they're pursuing those ideas you know it still feels like a little bit Carol taking matters into her own hands in dangerous ways um she's still doing that yes this is still a is. problem but also i don't totally disagree with her conclusions here right i mean i personally agree that uh, food is probably more important than the walls to some degree. And, yeah. you know, it takes a lot of energy to put walls back up. Who's what's going to provide that energy? Well, Carol might with horse meat. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's good. tough because like in the survival situation, they've got uh, there's a couple of rules of thumb. Like you can go three minutes without oxygen, three hours in inclement weather without shelter, three days without uh, three days without water, three weeks without food. Mm-hmm. So like that says that the shelter is more important, especially since I would say this is an inclement, you know, like a zombie herd away. But like it's, it's getting colder. Yeah. Especially when, you know, that's a, that's in a survival situation where a healthy adult is going into the wilds, you know, like these are people who yeah. are already been deprived. So it's tough. I, here's it the is. thing, though. That's what I like about it. There should be someone in charge of making these calls. Um, they shouldn't yeah. just be whatever the hell the big bad of the community just decides, you know, I know that they have a hierarchy. Maybe that's all falling apart. Half of them are out with Maggie scavenging. Yeah. I, but like there should, there still should be somebody in charge calling these shots instead of just everyone fucking cowboy in it. Literally yeah. <laughs> cowgirling it. I agree. Uh, but it doesn't seem like Carol's going to be contained by any shot calling. She's just going to do what she wants to do. What she thinks is best. I mean, that's been Carol since Terminus, uh-huh. essentially. So probably not much. Actually, since she well, who who did she banish in the prison arc that started all this off? Like that's this is this is mid season three Carol onward. And yeah. um, I I kind of say like I, I kind of wait and waiting for something to bite her in the ass. But things are already bitter in the ass. It's just her ass is really tough and bite proof. <laughs> like she killed <laughs> sure. got Connie killed. She got Hilltop burnt through the ground. Like these are not like flawless victories that she's, um, you know, this isn't like her and her heroics at Terminus where she won one woman Ramboed everyone to safety. Um, mm-hmm. People yeah, are going to write it, in and say she didn't get Connie killed. Yes, we know. But she. It well, appeared but that no, she got no one, no one, but we, no one, but the audience knows that it seems like. Right. So uh, from the show's perspective, she's gotten Carol uh, Connie killed rather. Yeah, which it's going to be really funny when Connie comes back and 
it, prison tats has to eat all the crow about like maybe you should ta- you know tamper the expectation <laughs> temper the expectations here because she's probably dead no i i've got this warring inside me where it's like i want to see magna proven wrong and taken down a peg but i also want carol to like fucking calm down a little bit and <laughs> right like, there's no victory here just losses yeah because <laughs> connie come back although i do like connie i mm-hmm. like connie a lot i miss her dynamic with daryl um but but yeah yeah her showing up is going to make vindicate carol and i only get one half of that uh that that sweet sweet victory true all right i think it's about time we got into the recap what do you say yeah but first we're gonna take a quick break Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right. The recap starts off where we left uh, our our Reaper fighters last week. I don't know the the survivors out in the wilderness. Uh, Reapers are attacking. Survivors are running. Negan takes an arrow in the leg. Gabriel gets like slashed, but not really. This is this Nicked Reaper really the pulls their punch, right? It looks like he's going for a throw. I don't know. Are the the Reapers might just be fucking with them? Maybe. Uh, because it oh, then, or yeah i don't know i don't know like driving like hurting um I, I i wondered if there was some deliberate when i started to see the cowboy wrestling going on i wonder if there's a deliberate illusion between the group of alexandrians hunting the horses versus the reapers kind of hunting and driving and hurting um the the survivors that they're doing i i don't know because like again he's just trying to get home maybe if yeah. the reapers put their lassos down she'd just approach them <laughs> I don't know. If you can just get if you can just build up the trust where you can scratch them behind the ear, the reapers are all yours. Yeah. Uh I, I'm not sure exactly because it seems like the cre- reapers are some kind of crazy between the one, mm-hmm. you know, military vet kind of looking dude and this guy's wanting the Lord's Prayer said over him, they seem nuts. So yeah. I don't understand their motivations. But I, I'm the yeah, I, I it feels like they were I mean they were definitely killing some of them, but it seemed like it was just kind of um, a harassment rather than a decisive thing. Cause like, why couldn't they just killed everyone? Like that? I kept on thinking like, okay, like every time Maggie would get a step ahead of it and start to relax and a, a knife comes and sticks in the doorpost. Like next fuck, year, yeah. why they're right on her heels. Why don't they just do it? You know, but right. I, I don't, I don't know. She gets straight up like Indiana Jones whipped in this episode like i don't know how you get a whip to do that i don't to either. wrap around someone and tie itself i don't think that's even really possible but yeah but that further allu- draws the allusion to the the horse rustling like it seems yeah. like they're being rounded up uh maybe there's going to be another just classic cannibal shit i don't know could be uh what did you think about because there's a lot of hue and cry and the no not a lot of hue and cry someone wrote in uh, feedback episode towards the uh, six bonus episodes in the middle run asked us what we thought about the switch to digital film and I mm. noticed up front this was a markedly different style than I've ever seen the Rot Walking yeah. Dead they were shooting low light but with essentially I think these were like DSL digital with a ring light on it um, maybe ring light yeah. just lighting Lauren Cohen standing out in the middle of the woods uh, with a ring light uh, I on ba- even though it's a it's a wildly different look I actually kind of liked it I thought it was exciting maybe not the ring light stuff but like the way the camera kind of pans over the whole group fighting and running and stuff it added a lot of dynamicism like this is some of the best action mm-hmm. consistently the last three episodes that the walking dead's ever had yeah and they do some really cool stuff here with uh to, to you know tell us about like the reapers fighting style without really like we don't need 
to Maggie to say, hey, they use stealth and they disappear like Batman in the mist and shit like that. They just kind of show it, right? They use the camera yeah. angles and the the whirling camera. Uh, Maggie does a little bit of this herself. I, uh huh, yeah. And the, the the music and the camera work, it was all working for me stylistically. Yeah, I did think it's weird that Maggie herself Batmaned the Reapers. Like, when did she learn? Yeah. How, but like, okay, whatever. But but yeah, yeah. They definitely said that these guys hit hard, hit fast, and just melt into the night mm-hmm. or the yeah, mall, wherever they're at. <laughs> they melt. Uh yeah, and Casey Jones in this scene gets like lassoed and lifted into the air. I drug all yeah, and he's not seen the rest of the episode. Disappeared, yeah. yeah. So I'm not sure he's not seen the rest of the episode. We'll talk about it. All right. Okay, uh, okay. Next scene back at Alexandria. Prison Tats is guarding the wall. I think she's about to shoot down some what are these scavengers? Scavenger birds? Yeah, she, she almost she almost Andrea's Carol. Oh, that too, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I thought because she, she rules. Oh, gotcha. Well, yeah, I guess you know that'd be some tough eating, but it's a little bit of meat. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, shot. sure, getting spooked and just world full draw on Carol. <laughs> okay, calm down. Yeah, uh, uh, presumably you've w- looked over that direction in the last like 10, 15 seconds. Like, there's not a zombie herd, or uh, yeah, you know, just relax, relax. Yeah, so they they return Carol and Kelly, and then Prison Tats asks Kelly if there's anything she wants to talk about, but the answer is no. And then Carol and Aaron um, are in the kitchen, I think. Aaron's trying to repair the wall. He follows Carol to the soup kitchen and gives her shit for skipping her work shift in mm-hmm. uh, a doomed attempt to find horses. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says the walls are about to fail. I don't know what that means. I don't know what walls about to fail means. Are they? The walls have structure and they're on the ground. Like I just saw you at great yeah. effort winch up one single panel in place, and I've seen enough of the walls to know like about every tenth one seems to be fallen. Uh-huh. So I don't. Yeah, again, like I don't know what the fuck they're trying. Alexandra's fucked. Uh, it's never going to be back. It's never going to be, like be be up the right. Uh, yeah, it's just there's no food. There's no animals left to forage. Uh, mm-hmm. Oceanside got, I don't know, obliterated off the map. There's a massive, the, the, the whispers built a massive seawall, cut them off from the ocean for like 500 miles in every direction. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, I, that's the thing. It's consistently, I'm, I'm still not I'm still, I don't think they've done a very good job of telling the devastation of Alexandria, but you know, the walls have fallen. They're telling not showing for sure about to fall. And yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's a about to fall in the sense that they have enough guards right now to like guard the breaches here and there. But like if any more fall or if they don't get the like they're it, it's it's uh it's not sustainable, something like that. But again, it's I'm just going on what they're saying, not much of what they're showing me. Yeah. Uh, And then the kids are playing cards and talking about their parents going away and how, you know, they promise. Oh, well, we'll, we'll be right back. I thought this was really good scripted kid dialogue. Like, you know, they're the, the kids like teasing each other. Oh, you know, the adults are always promise. I'll see you soon. Love you. Mm-hmm. And then Glenn bring or not Glenn Jr. Herschel Jr. Brings yeah. a little bit of the realness of, you know, that's something they used to say in the old times, but they can't promise us that anymore, <laughs> which I absolutely love this scene paired yeah. with the scene of Boston Rob later where they leave him in the church, just basically saying, I'll be back for you. I'll come back uh-huh. for you. Yeah, because they're talking to him like he's a fucking child, right? Oh, don't worry. We'll be back. I do think this stuff is paired up and you're supposed to make that comparison um, that like uh, and and that's the the saddest thing is when Herschel Jr. says, you know, because Judith is trying to be the the big the big girl. And, you know, my mom always comes back and they say that to make us feel better. And he's like, no, they make it that they say it to make themselves feel better. And Mm -hmm. that's pretty right on that. And it's sad that the, the kid realizes that. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I don't know. So what is this? You got you got RJ. Was, was the girl Grace? Is that is that Aaron's daughter? I think I don't know. Sure. I wish they'd done more with her because I just bare like I, I I in fact it wasn't until I um the the next scene where I'm like oh that might be Aaron's daughter that we've met like twice. Mm-hmm. But um, pretty good scene. The only thing missing is if there was a kid that they've established whose parents hadn't come back. And then they could be, you know, like that, that would have been an an additional facet. I don't know. Maybe that brought it down a little bit too much, but, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, they're definitely leaning into the, the theme of like 
promising to return and can't you can't guarantee that and like coming home i mean that's essentially what maggie is trying to do getting to meridian right reclaim her home and right bring alexandrians there the horses like later on just want to come home right that's all they want to do i i couldn't tell you exactly what they're getting at except that all of these themes are sort of aligned in some kind of way and sometimes um, that's enough to work on an emotional level. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. And it worked pretty yeah. well, I thought. Uh, mm-hmm. Even if I couldn't like put it to words. A yearning, some kind of longing, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Maggie approaches a shopping mall to find shelter, but she's tracked there by the Reapers. And she takes shelter inside and I, I think rigs some alarms here with some bottles. Mm-hmm. Uh, she ventures to the upper levels of the mall and almost gets eaten and then she's attacked by a reaper. She throws him down the stairs, but it doesn't stop him. All right. Here's the big question mark in this episode. Maggie goes down a set of stairs. She sets up these bottles. Then she walks across. Think of fucking Macy's, right? She walks yeah. across an empty ass Macy's to a different stairwell. goes up about four flights. Mm-hmm. And then a reaper appears through the door, but she's alerted to the reaper. By a crashing bottle sound. It sounded very what? close. Like, I think extremely close. S- and there's no fucking sell. way she could hear a crashing bottle from think, four flights uh, of stairs, a different stairwell, a whole department store across. The, the logistics of this yes. are totally fucked. The spatial yes. awareness is non existent here. The only thing I can think of is if, but why would she do this? Why would she go up a flight of stairs, go all the way to the end of the mall, then come back so she's essentially a floor above the main entrance? Why would you do that if you're trying to get away from the, the Reapers? Um, right. I don't I don't know. I didn't even I honestly didn't even notice as a problem, but uh, it for sure is one. Yeah, Um, this is the problem that Walking Dead has. It just doesn't think about the space, the space around these characters. Right. It doesn't define the space well enough to shoot it like it should be shot and, and keep the characters within the context of the world it's created. Yeah, and it's, it's too bad because there's a couple things they I thought they did well. Number one, I think they should use malls a lot more because there's a fuck ton of abandoned ones. Dude, we've got one in our fair city that's still open because there's like one store, but the rest of the mall is like been taken over, like all the parking lots being used for an Amazon, you know, uh, uh, fulfillment center. And yeah. but you can still even though there's only one thing open in the whole fucking mall, you can walk and roam it freely. And there's mm-hmm. like sections of the roof that are starting to collapse and water is pooling on the floors. And there's what it feels like you shouldn't be in there, but you can't. It gives you effortless post-apocalyptic vibes. And I thought this was really cool. They should do more with the fucking malls. The other thing I is, I thought the scene of her like lighting, you know, her losing the flashlight on their well. It was it gave me a lot of like uh, season one, episode one vibes that that thing of Rick like gingerly making his way yeah. down the, the staircase with just a light. Uh, and it, it showed us how much mature our characters are. Like Maggie's is brashly running down this thing, fighting zombies. She loses her flashlight. Then we're back to season one, episode one, and she lights that lighter and you kind of see the, uh, the Reaper bo- over her shoulder uh, kind of appear out of the gloom. I thought that was a really effective scene. Mm-hmm. It's too bad. The glass shit is <laughs> kind of right. stupid. But that was a sweet setup. So I, I like the, the environment. I don't think they've ever done a mall before. Maybe. Yeah, I guess going back to like downtown Atlanta stuff and season one. But like, yeah, I there's mean, lots a, of abandoned malls. Do malls, more malls. And it's a zombie thing like George Romero did this in the 70s. Right. Uh, I yeah, I love the combination of zombies and malls. I don't know why they don't do it more often. Yeah, and I also get a little bit of like Westworld vibes, you know, like that uh, single escalator and a ruined floor with light streaming down it. Like it felt like the, some of the For lower sure. levels of the Delos facility. Uh, it's it good. does it's good. It's just effortlessly atmospheric. I do question the the survivors who hit up this mall. They're taking shelving units. They're taking clothes hangers, uh, like like you know kiosks for clothes. They're taking cash registers. I guess. I, they they took everything out of this mall. Where did they bring it? Oh, maybe it was one of those malls where it was collapsed before the fall, and now it's just like extra collapsed. Okay, yeah. Uh, I mean, malls were uh, still pretty vibrant in the yeah, early two thousands. There was definitely dead malls around, though. Um, few, few and far between, though. Now they're like every mall. Here's a question I had: Did so one of the reapers goes over the rail to follow the zombie? 
Did she try to reach for him? Like as he's, I, I felt like she tried to like reach like to save oh. him. I'm like, what the fuck? But maybe, maybe it was just me. I didn't notice it. Gotcha. I was too focused on the shattering bottle, not making any sense. Uh, Gabriel's in the woods with a knife in his leg. He's praying to God for strength, and he pulls it out and he goes after an injured reaper who's limping off. Yeah, he's uh, quoting Psalms 91. Uh, Gabriel's a mess. Himself. Gabriel a is fucking a mess. mess. I mean, you're believes you know, in God. The shit he you've done, God. and you're praying to God, and then the shit you're about to do, and saying God is dead, and no one cares. I, you know what he is. Uh, at this point, he's like Graham from Signs. He's like a priest that still okay. believes in God, but he's so fucking pissed off he won't. He's he's doing he's spiting God by saying he he doesn't believe in him. You might be right. Which is that's the thing. If you're doing something to spite God, you still believe in him. Sorry. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's only when uh, you don't even consider God in the equation that you exactly. no longer believe in God. That's when you can say. But like, yeah, Gabriel's really holding this front, and I I think that's yeah. kind of interesting because uh, I don't hate people of faith. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's some you know interesting drama that you can uh generate between people's faith being broken, being rebuilt, being renewed. Um. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Father Gabriel's turned into a really cool character. Yeah, I think so. Hopefully they won't morgalize him. Like he's <laughs> right. going through a nice arc. I needed him to come. I mean, it's the final season. How much morgalizing can they have him do? But like, yeah, yeah. I, I hope he finds his way back to the light. We'll see. Uh, we're finding our way back to the mall where Maggie finds Boston Rob, but they're attacked again by the Reapers. Uh, Negan shows up to help Maggie out. But the other Reaper flashbangs him and get away and gets away. Um, and then Boston Rob is injured in the fight. Negan doesn't want to continue with the plan as is because it's completely broken now that they have like two fighters. Uh, but Maggie insists unless he has a better idea, which he doesn't. Yeah, Boston Rob here really got some. I mean, just when Jim says he got injured, he's got some pretty big gashes to his belly, mm-hmm. like damn near opened. Um and he's he's really he's really hurting. Uh, this is another great scene. I thought the the sunlight streaming through the windows, all the mannequins kind of creepy. Yeah. Are they reapers? Are they zombies? Or um, uh, again, a really well conceived uh, action scene. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if I I don't know. They. I never considered Maggie a badass on the level of like a Michonne or a Carol or even a Rosita, but like she's, I guess I just need to get up on that fucking bandwagon because she is a stone. Like she's always a leader and strong and like right. what, what the Boston Rob says is able to get do the hard decisions and make the right decisions. But I never thought she was, but now she's like fucking one V one. And this dude that's like huge and hulking over her. And I guess I need to get on the page. Cause I was thinking like, God damn, I don't see how she gets out of this, but she's able to beat him off and, uh, punch him and then stab him with the, that was a pretty cool kill. The bottle, yeah. uh, bottle right into the, the broken bottle right to the neck. Um, yeah, I don't know how these guys get away. So one guy, they're doing an effective job of making the reapers almost seem superhuman because, one guy gets a knife in his back. The other guy gets a broken bottle through his face and clubbed with a crowbar, knocks his ass out. And then two seconds later, the flashbangs go off and they're gone. They're gone. Yeah. So either knife in the back guy got up, grabbed the other dude and drug him out of there. Or that dude wasn't unconscious or dead, which is impressive. I wonder if there'll be some explanation for like, are they like a religious cult that's found around PCP and meth? Uh, yeah, those magic sacrament. mushrooms Rosita's picking. Oh. They're just high all the time. Yeah. That would be interesting if they're literally like in some kind of drug pharmaceutical psychosis the whole time. So they're not feeling yeah. these. Yeah, that because like it almost you need an answer because it's not it, yeah. it's not like body armor because you can see like shit's ripping into them and they're bleeding all that stuff, but they're able to get in and out without leaving anything but a, a little pool of blood. And it's not like Jason where they've risen from hell or some shit, right? I mean, they're <laughs> not literally going to be magical, so... Right. Going to have to get Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh! Old <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis Carol. and Carol. Yeah. Oh! it's Car- Carol has a long-lost sister. We didn't know uh-huh. it. And it's Jamie Lee Curtis. Can we get her in the first season of Carol and Daryl? I would Carol, love that. Carol, Daryl, Curtis. That's what I need. I would love it, but I'm not sure I could tell them apart. Legitimately. I got such, I got such huge Carol energy from this new Halloween trailer. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. I mean, it would, it, uh, God, yeah, writes itself. Can we, can we make this happen? Can, can we, can we take one of the bags of money that we got to drop off to Frank Darabont's house and reallocate it to Jamie Lee Curtis? It would have been perfect for this final season with the Reapers, with the masks and the, yeah, their seeming superhuman status. Yeah. And I would totally buy Carol having a sister that was a strange and she's never mentioned because she's embarrassed about her family and why not? Like, and they've kind had completely similar arcs and they're both badasses. That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see it. Come on, Walking Dead. You can spend a few extra bucks on Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, I did. Also, I thought the line from Negan, it's like, I know theatrics. And what these guys just told me is that they are fucking great. That was yeah. such a great line because it's kind of like uh, it felt like that's uh, his move, right? Yeah, like Ray Sal Ghoul, expl- you know, like laughing at Batman's, you know, smoke bombs and shit. Like he knows mm-hmm. all about theatrics and what it means. Yeah, I thought I thought that was a really nice line. Yeah, and, and what is Negan but a bunch of theatrics? I mean, early on, like killing Glenn isn't isn't because he hated Glenn. Killing Glenn isn't anything but theatrics, right? He's making yep. the point that like you are subservient now to me, and if you don't recognize that before I bash Glenn's brains in, well, maybe this will be a symbol. And yep, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, it's, Lucille, it's the leather jacket, everything was a was a was theatrics with him for sure. Yeah. Uh, so Rosita's foraging when Carol, Kelly, and Prison Tats invite her to go horse hunting. They're not very good at it, and they don't catch any. And then Rosita tells Carol she's having dreams about Abraham getting shot in the head before he's able to tell her something important. And Prison Tats tells Kelly about horses. Yeah, she's she's setting up, theory. like, when she says, you never know if a horse will be back, she's setting up, planting the seed of, like, eh, you don't know if Connie will return, so don't get too hung up on it. Yeah. I wonder if this Rosita having dreams about Abraham will pan off. It almost has to, right? Are we going to get Michael Cudless to come back to a dream sequence? Oh, that'd be cool. They've all got together recently. Like, I don't know if you guys knew this, but the um, uh, Invincible, the new animated series by Kirkman on uh, like damn near the whole voice cast is just the greatest hits from The Walking Dead. Uh, Lauren Cohen's in it. Michael Cudless is it. It it would be interesting if uh, they bring him back just for because just there's a couple of nods. Um, do you remember the episode? in I think a season five or six where Daryl and Aaron go off to try to wrangle a horse. Like like Aaron the, mentioned the that thing that he was talking about earlier, right? Yeah, they, they, they mentioned that they're doing these kind of references to the past, which I thought they did a lot really well in season nine and ten. It would be nice to see him again as Aaron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and as some kind of prophetic dream that she's having. I think that'd be kind of cool. Uh, somebody has definitely played Red Dead Redemption 2 because this was my exact experience trying to tame Get horses. Horse. <laughs> yeah. Like trying Man, to lasso a horse and tame it. If, if only Angus Sampson had not died, mm-hmm. it would be so sweet to have him part of the the horse wrangling crew. But I guess the all girl cowgirl uh, horse wrestling gang was 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 sweet as well. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, also, Rosita, if you're going to hunt mushrooms in a forest, you're going to have to get a pig. I, I don't know how to play this. <laughs> right. That's how you get the good stuff. Turns out. Uh, Boston Rob and Negan bicker on their walk. Then they hear someone screaming and decide to approach. And they find Agatha, which I guess is her name. I didn't know it. She's slaying some walkers and then finds out that Shoulders is mortally wounded. And Shoulders asks Maggie to make sure Agatha gets home. And then Maggie kills <laughs> him. Yeah, which... Hmm. Uh, you know those adults still promise but they can't they can't keep those promises right yeah damn it's it I actually I was pulling for shoulders you know we liked him me too he, he already came out of the bath a strong nickname mm-hmm. uh, another episode of two probably would have learned his proper name <laughs> he's cut down in his prime it sucks it's like Duncan or something Douglas I, starts with a D yeah um, I thought it's nice. Like, uh, it's like you don't really care because this guy was again just a nickname and a cool looking dude. Yeah, but like you know, Lauren Cohen, she she goes for broke, kissing him on the head, making trying to sell the moment as uh, you know, Maggie losing another little piece of herself. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing the best they can. Yeah. And then Carol's group walks through the woods where they find a bunch of dismembered horses. I assume mm. they were attacked by walkers. I. Can I could do this to horses. I, Holy that's shit. The thing like it didn't look like they were the head was cut off. It looked like it was torn apart. But yeah, like I would I guess I would think the, the zombies the, would skeletonize it a little bit more before you just move it up. But maybe I don't know. Maybe there was a small number of zombies. But then how I don't know. Like 
it, it felt like the zombies, the horses were just standing in the middle of the woods within a tight cluster and the zombies just went horse to horse and, and bit their throat out and the horses yeah. just stood around and let it happen. Stealth zombies, like 500 stealth, stealth walkers got in close. Like if you'd, have, if you'd have shown like a path of like dead horses that led into a direction, I think that would have been a bet. But I don't know. It was, it was a creepy scene to come up and just like mm-hmm. the Godfather times 100 you know, with all these horses. Right. I want my, my sister doesn't watch the show, but my sister's a horse lover. And uh, I, I don't know what it'd be like to be a horse lover and watch this show because this is, I just think like how wild it'd be if these were dogs instead of horses. Mm. So yeah, if you're, if you're a horse guy or gal, my sympathies. This is a yeah, you probably noped out in episode one, right? That's or true. The tank, whatever the tank That's episode true. was two, maybe. I think it was first. Yeah, he gets thrown at the end, and that the those yeah the zombies op- open that horse's belly right on. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, the rest of the scene is the group wanting to turn back, but Carol wants to continue looking for some live horses. Prison Tats uh, hugs her, and she changes her mind. But while they're walking home, they come upon a group of wild horses running through a field toward a dairy farm. They follow them there, pin them in, and Kelly realizes, hey, they just want to come home, so let's drop our lassos and let them, and that works. The many rustic dairy farms of the greater Baltimore and D.C. area. Um, oh, yeah. Famed dairy farm. It's basically like Dutch, uh, the Dutch countryside over there in oh, Washington, yeah? D.C. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, just, just Amish, just uh, causing traffic jams in D.C. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's bullshit that Magna's the one that comforts and tries to read. Like, Rosita's right there. She has so much more history. Uh, yes, with Carol, for sure. Like, why did they even pick up Rosita and then they're going to I don't know. I thought that was dumb because the other thing is Magnus not been the one that's been the conciliator. Like, where did she learn this fucking skill all of a sudden? I thought that was weird. Yeah, I thought she Um, hated anyone and everyone all the time. But some praise. They did an excellent job of keeping track of the time of day. Like <laughs> with a bare fucking minimum, yes. Well, but yes. like I uh, no, I think that a lot of shows get away with just kind of shooting things like in the middle and and do. But like they actually, um, and yeah, I guess I will call it out because The Walking Dead struggled with this. But like mm-hmm. the you know start of the daybreak and then you got the noon and then you got late in the. They're saying it's getting late in the day. The shadows are getting long in the woods. I, I mean, it's a little stuff, but it, it grind yeah. it grounds you. It does, yeah. It's a shame they haven't you done can, that through the entire run. But yeah, yeah, like it's a lot better, a lot better than when you can tell it's high fucking noon and they've run a blue filter over it. Right. I think on other shows, we never point this out because they just get it right. It's um, true. In this show, they've got it wrong so many times. It's fresh when it goes correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Gabriel approaches the Reaper who's say, who's praying, uh, also praying. Is that what does it? Is he like, God, I, I realize I'm doing the same thing the Reapers do. I don't know. He asked Gabriel to pray for him and instead Gabriel declares God isn't here anymore and then murders him. Wow. I, th- I think you're yep. right though. He's the guy who's like angry at God and still believes in him but you know <laughs> I don't know. He's hard to read. He's killing I Terminators. Did... He's yeah praying to gods. Who knows? I did like uh, when the guy, the Reaper said, don't be afraid. And Gabriel says, I'm not. That was mm-hmm. a good, good delivery by uh, Seth. I thought, mm-hmm. uh, I, like I said, who knew the Gabriel was going to turn into a badass? But man, with that fucking eye and the suit and the shotgun, he looks like a real badass. I agree. Uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll move on to the rest of the recap. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You've been listening to quite a few Bald Move podcasts now, but you're not in the club? Whoo boy, you are missing out. Not only are all of our premium club podcast feeds completely ad-free, but we have lots of other great content exclusively for people in the club. 
There's a weekly lunch with Jim and Aaron where we chat with fans about anything and everything from TV and films, food, fun, life advice, and more. But there's also Off the Clock, our premium podcast where we talk about all the shows we don't have time for on our public feeds. Plus, you get access to our full spoiler-filled first-run movie reviews of our newly released films. Don't forget Instant Take and Talk podcast where we give our hot takes and discuss television shows with our fans live and immediately after the episode airs. With mega shows like House of the Dragon coming this summer, we're going to have lots to talk about. Not to mention access to our fun and friendly community of club members with exclusive Discord channels and a dedicated forum. It's one of the best places on the internet to hang out and chat about pop culture. Bottom line, you're helping two regular type guys in the Midwest make the content you like to listen to, which some would say is rewarding to itself. Help keep the lights on and the bits flowing at Bald Move. And get some awesome content for yourself. Head to support.baldmove.com to join the club today. Commission podcasts are an awesome feature here at Bald Move that allows you, the individual listener, to decide what we talk about for a single podcast. The community loves it because it often leads to fun fan favorite films and TV shows that we've overlooked getting the coverage they deserve. And we love it because we're constantly exposed to great stuff that's not even on our radar. The way it works is simple. You go to support.baldmove.com and you click on commissions. Then you pay the flat rate for the commission and tell us what two-ish hours of content you'd like us to make podcast on. Then we'll contact you for details, advanced feedback, and any dedications you'd like to make. Then we watch the thing, discuss the thing, turn it into a podcast, and pump it right into your ears. We get consistently great feedback on how much our commissioners love their podcast, and they make great gifts for the dedicated Bald Move fan in your life. And who knows, that dedicated fan could even be you. Treat yourself. Check out support.baldmove.com for more info. Next up is Negan trying to convince Maggie that he's changed, but she refuses to believe it. And they continue moving. And then Boss and Rob and Maggie talk about the sorry state of the communities and how they're going to rebuild. And they stop when Negan finds a burned up building, or sorry, burned up building, a burned up uh, walker tied to a tree with a sign that says Judas overhead. And the walkers chasing them catch up and then take a big old bite out of Agatha. And then Maggie has to be dragged away screaming. Ah, I so they came so close. They had a plausible reason for why a zombie herd would catch up to them. You know, uh-huh. Austin Rob's gimpy and he can't keep up and they're having to like fall back and like clear things. But like they did the whole thing where the actor draws their hand back, the camera swings over it and a zombie just comes up in slow motion and treats it like it's a corn on the cob. Mm-hmm. And like I there's got to be. There's got to be a better way to stage this. This and they haven't done this in a couple seasons. Yeah, you know, they haven't done the stealth zombie. They did a stealth zombie this episode mm-hmm. uh, with Maggie in a stairwell. I don't know. Maybe it's a lurker and it just woke up. But like, there's a more exciting way you can tell the story of a survivor slipping. Especially these are grizzled, experienced, hardcore survivors. They shouldn't be making season one mistakes. You know? Yeah, this you don't like, get this far unless your head's on a swivel. Yeah, this is like some Andrea's sister season one shit that she's pulling. And uh, I think they can I think with a little bit of work, a little bit of like talking things through with the stunt zombies and stuff, you can you can film this better. You know, you got these digital lightweight cameras. Do some cool shit with it. Yeah. Uh, so here we got to talk about my theory. Um, so Casey Jones, we we saw his face, right? We do know what he looks like because he oh. ridiculously took off his mask that one time to just say something. Right. Uh, or to not say something. I can't yeah, remember. To just show his face. Yeah. Um, but we don't know what a burned up Casey Jones might look like. And they snatched no, we him. we do not. Uh, at the beginning of this episode, I'm wondering if this walker that's been burned up with the Judas sign over his head isn't Casey Jones, the turncoat motherfucker who sided with Maggie and left the Reapers uh, because like he conspicuously looks a lot like a Reaper with those, the mask and the armor. Oh, 100%, and the hood he's and, gotta be, he's gotta be a Reaper of X Reaper. Right. Um, I wonder if they snatched him back up and then made him pay for his uh, betrayal. Could be. It's a, it's a waste. I mean, is Casey Jones a cool character? <laughs> 
he's designed. I mean, he looks like an action figure. So I guess he's like a 14 year old boy's idea of a cool character. Um, And he's a good fighter. But it's I honestly think now that we've seen the Reapers and it seems obvious that he was a Reaper. It's weird that the show has not addressed the fact that he is a Reaper. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's not like the show doesn't have the language. Like if they're like, Oh my God, he's a reaper. Maggie could go like, you know, you got Boston Rob be like, Oh, how do you can trust him as a reaper? Used to be a savior asshole. Yeah. You know, I wonder if they're I, saving I, that for an appropriate moment, but what's appropriate. I mean, uh, of all the talk that they've talked about the reapers and she's talked about how, like the, like they can't just say that like, Oh, this is one of them. Now that like, like Negan has seen a reaper. I think the perfect opportunity would be for him to be like, when are you going to tell me this guy used to be a reaper? What's his fucking story or blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I, yeah, I, yeah. It, so that's like, I think it's a great theory because it fits, but like, mm-hmm. what the hell are they doing with him then? You know, good question. I mean, either yeah. way he's gone, right? I don't think he could escape the reapers. Well, if he's an ex reaper, I think he could do it, you know, cause he knows how they fight. He knows how they get away. Maybe. He's, yeah. he's like, like I said, I'm just going to guess he's like super tough and resilient. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, I, I think it's a great theory. It just narratively, it really deads in this very distinctive character that they bothered to show a face to that. They built some connections with Kelly that haven't paid off yet. That, Maggie, I think, refers to him as the kid and like kind of protective over him. Like it, I yeah, I, it, it fits the facts though. I'll say that. Yeah, it does. Uh, and I'm not like super serious on it. I just thought, yeah, it does kind of fit. Um, but you're right. Narratively, it's going to be <laughs> a bit of a dead end. Uh, and Maggie's just losing all her people, right? I mean, she Agatha got bitten, shoulders is dead, and now the G- Jesus two Jesus three both went down this episode, right? throat slit and uh you know just just grievously wounded yeah she's uh i think it's just Maggie i guess left i'm from excited because like i was not super like we we talked about like yeah fuck all these people and yeah. their names and all that but like i thought we'd get one or two of the you know i thought we'd get shoulders and one yeah. of the jesuses and but yeah i know they're just <laughs> all we got left is maybe casey jones if he isn't judas right uh yeah we'll see herschel jr I did think it was funny how we just, I think last week talked about burned up walkers and you know, the effect that fire and heat would have on a walker brain, thereby killing are fireproof. This was a burnt beef jerky skeleton. Yeah. And it was still, it was actually on a, that's gotta be an animatronic, right? There's no way it fit someone in that makeup. And it was, it was great. It looked amazing. The the hollowed out eyes. Uh, Yeah. yeah, That that shit looks really cool. It was very cool. I liked it a lot. So kudos on, on that, but also like, yeah, I guess zombies are just fucking fireproof. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carol's group parades their newfound horses through town to everyone's delight. And then prison tats ask Carol to stop giving Kelly false hope that Connie could still be alive. And Carol takes a horse into the barn, lays it down and cuts its throat. Aaron sees it and he understands. Uh, the, the horse, I mean, it wasn't because they needed it for food. This horse was desperate need for ivermectin. Uh, so some deworming is is just full Can of worms and, horse blood? and they they just the the covid virus the covid uh pre-zombie pandemic just wiped out the world supply it's a yeah. tragedy it's a tragedy and the horse had to pay the price Jeez. um they didn't lose their blue filter it turns out because this was the bluest filtered scene i've seen in a show and a lot it looked like the shirt i'm wearing like they slapped the bluest of filters on this last hmm. scene Probably because there's, you know, it, they were suggesting that's about to turn night, but uh, ah, yes, <laughs> yeah, they they they're definitely shooting noon for for uh, uh, dusk right now. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I was confused about them killing the horse, but then I'm like, oh, of course yeah. they're going to. But I also like, I don't think horse meat's that bad, right? No, like it looks like it was like zombie flesh. Meat. Yeah, like maybe cook it, guys. Yeah, maybe maybe cook it and and not serve it raw, dipped in blood to the children. Yeah, this scene is is good. I enjoyed it. The kids are not interested in eating the horse meat, but uh, Herschel Jr. It's really the only food around, and Herschel Jr.'s apparently eaten it before. He's, He's you know on the road. On the road, you you eat what you find. It's like it reminded me of the in the wire the discussion between the uh, stoop kids and the street kids. You know, like you got the kids yeah. just that. I love all this. these Alexandrians are porch kids. Yeah, and, they're, uh, they're future shitty teens is what they are. 
future <laughs> shitty teams. Yeah, but Glenn's got some bottom to him. Or not Glenn. God damn it. Herschel. Herschel. Herschel's got some bottom to him because he's been out there in the road eating spiders. Yeah. Uh, I like how his like eyes like his. He's I don't know if he's like for real about that or what. But like, yeah. Uh, I like Judith to think thought he's got she was a sense hard of humor. until she met Herschel is what I'm saying. Yeah. I like to think he's just scaring the other kids. Like, we might have to eat spiders. Yeah. Better eat oh, this also- fucking horse meat. It's a perfect Walking Dead moment to contrast to like how everyone's overjoyed at the surprise return of the horses. They thought they were long gone. And then Carol slitting one of its throats and, and bleeding it out. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you get a little you get a little bit of joy and then it'll turn to ash in your mouth and then it turns to horse flesh. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rosita walks Coco around the town, showing her the horses and the horse killer, Carol. What is this look after seeing Carol? Does she like? I, I don't know what this look is that she gets from Rosita. I'm guessing that something about Abraham's dream is going to involve something with Carol. that's going to be meaningful for her. The blood because on the hands. Otherwise, I, I don't. Yeah, because she's got the blood on her hands. She's she's washing it, trying to get it clean. Uh, it seems like she's looking at her sympathetically. Like maybe she sees the burden that Carol's trying to carry. I don't know. I don't know. But it's something. There's some kind of connection there. It's almost uh, like, I don't know, like she had come up and washed her bloody ass hands in like the bowl that she was preparing for Coco's bath or something. <laughs> like there was almost <laughs> like an offended quality to it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I thought that was and I was like, well, if you're trying to build some new arc with Carol and Rosita, then especially why isn't Rosita the one hugging her earlier? But we'll see. There's yeah. definitely some unfinished business here. And then Kelly sits with prison tats by the windmill. Carol comes by and fetches Kelly to go out looking for Connie, I think. Yeah, they're doing a Connie patrol, I think. Yeah. Which is exactly the opposite of what prison tats wanted her to do. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe. It, you know, this could be salvaged if Carol takes her out and says, hey, you know, this might, this might be like the last time we do this because it's getting pretty long in the tooth. This whole holding out hope thing. I don't know. I don't think See, Carol's going to be horses, swayed. But. I think the horses has completely like she yeah. started to process what Magna was saying, but now the horses miraculous return like has got like that's charged their Connie batteries for weeks, if not yeah. months. Like, you know, like oh, we were just about to give. Remember we were about to give up on the horses and then we found yep. the fuck. Em, and like they were like all those horse dead and uh, saved it. Like, yeah, there's it's 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 going to be uh, at least eight, eight. The first part of the season arc, for sure. For sure. Uh, Then Maggie's group continues walking, this time on the road. I think Negan's eating cardboard, or maybe just something that tastes like it. Maybe he's eating a... One of the bad MREs. You know, they can't all be great. Oh, I was thinking, like, they found a Little Caesars that still had some pizza left or something. (laughs) Uh, Neither the dough nor the uh, sauce would ever go bad. Yeah, they're like Twinkies. You don't even have to wrap them. They just there's nothing that can get purchased on on that the, that surface. And then they see an abandoned church and decide to rest. And Boston Rob tries to convince them to leave him behind. Maggie blames literally everything bad that's ever happened to her in the community on Negan. But she still has to decide whether to leave Boston Rob behind. And she eventually gives him some food and Negan's knife and says, "I'll come back for you." And then Maggie and Negan head to the mission rendezvous now alone. I thought this was a good scene for Maggie and Negan because Maggie like did that whole she gave him everything she had uh, laid it all on his feet and it said you know you don't get to make the choice of who lives and who dies and it just goes on his tirade and he just comes back it's like you're right but you have to make the decision mm-hmm. um, I thought it was great I thought that was uh, a, a nice scene um, I don't know so- I find it hard to um, pin everything on Negan here like yes He's caused a lot of problems, but you've been gone for six years. I don't think you get to come back and point the finger at everything bad ever happening to you and your communities on Negan. Like at some I point it- you, you have to take uh, responsibility for your actions and you can't just blame them all on somebody else. And no matter what they've done to you. Uh, yeah, that, that doesn't work for six years. Yeah, I think. But if I'm putting myself in Maggie's place again, how shocking Negan's position is when she returns and the fact that like the first 
So she has a six year pause in relation to the Negan. And she comes back and like what she heard, hears is, oh, Negan helped burn down the hilltop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, clearly, they set that up that that was like, you know, she says nothing much surprises me. But the fact that hilltop was burnt down did. Uh, I, 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 I kind of get what they're going for here. Like I said, like where Maggie and Negan feel at the end of this episode is where I kind of thought they'd be after three or four episodes. We just yeah. took a wild fucking twisting path to get there rather than the narrative through line that I thought they were going for. But yeah. I think I can, I think I can roll with it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also thought the last scene of like, you know, Negan teeing off on that zombie with the drip, with the uh, blood and brains dripping off a crowbar and it's in the foreground and Maggie's, li- I mean, that's a clear allusion to her remembering what it was like when he beat Glenn to death. Um, and it sets up the tension now, especially now that they're alone together, right? Like that's right. That's the thing. They're walking off together on a mission that one of them doesn't even believe in, and they have very good reasons to want to kill each other. Still, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of tension there. Yeah, and it was, it's going to be really interesting because here's what I think is going to happen: is like I think they're going to be able to complete the mission, and maybe they'll be able to even rescue Boston. Well, How I don't know. How are they going to complete? I this don't know. If Boston mission. Rob makes it. Boston Rob, this felt like a last episode yeah. for Boston Rob. He said more lines in this episode than he has in the previous three seasons. Mm-hmm. They're leaving him alone in Reaper territory uh, with a whole bunch of sacrificial Jesus imagery around him. Um, but I, I do think the big test for Maggie is like if uh, they're they're making their way back with the goods, which I don't even know what that looks like. Her and Negan hoofing a whole bunch of shit on their backs. But when she gets like when she no longer needs Negan to complete the mission, I think there's going to be one last like gun to the head kind of standoff. And I don't know how that resolves because it's the last season. Like she could blow Negan's brains out. That would be interesting. Yeah, I guess we'll see how many Reapers there are. I just don't know how they have any hope with like, I mean, it's Daryl, Negan and Maggie, as best I can tell now is all that's left. And why the hell is Daryl? Don't, no one knows. I mean, um, he survived the encounter, I'm, I guarantee, but like they're split. So, yeah. So, I, I don't know how they have any hope of taking Meridian, but I'm sure they'll pull something out of their ass. Yeah. Casey Jones won't. might still yes. be alive if your Judas theory is off. Um, but still, yeah, four but people captured, probably. I, four people wounded, Gabriel five, Boston Rob, but like, oh, right, Gabriel's half those people are Half those people are uh, wounded. You know, yeah, Gabriel's, Gabriel's like limping. Walk. Low on blood, yeah. And I, I, like I said, I thought it was nice that like they made some progress with the Glenn or the Maggie Negan narrative, but that last shot kind of like reminded us that no, there's there might be a little bit of respect or some kind of like Maggie's said some of the things she needed to say, but there's still a lot. There's still a lot to this relationship. Also, how are they going to find the rendezvous? I mean, they made a big deal about Negan being their tour guide here. To these, does everybody? Did they have a like powwow before this and say, the radio "Hey, everybody, tower? here's where the tower is"? No, but I guess it's one of those things where it's like, maybe you're. I I, I want to see what it looks like because if it's like a big tower, like you know, uh, a couple hundred meters tall, then like okay, well maybe everyone yeah. can. You're close enough to start converging on that spot, but if it's like one of those where they say, "Oh, we got everybody's shacked up in a uh, uh, hospital tower," and it's like a four story low rise. I don't know, right? Don't or know, if the we'll tower see. is like the rate, the communication station that the saviors had, where it's like, okay, it's mm. an antenna, but it's not tall. You couldn't see it from, yeah, yeah, yeah. You couldn't see it over a modest sized hill. So, do you think that if this is a large radio tower, that that's going to play into the future because the thing that whole kicked off the Commonwealth mm. thing is, mm-hmm. you know, Eugene's uh, high gain uh, radio stuff. Oh, uh, I like I wonder, that. Maybe they never have to go to Meridian because they get in the radio tower and they hear communications about mm. Ezekiel and like they're on the radio trying to contact Alexandria. So they hear yeah. Him. Yeah. I don't know. How, yeah. If that, they, that was anticlimactic though. Or like if the Commonwealth, because that's the Georgie Depot, maybe the Commonwealth has taken it over and it's just a it's a Commonwealth base now. Yeah, um, but then, then I don't know what that does to the Reapers, because it feels like. I feel like the Reapers are going to be this uh, season's big threat, and I think they'll be dealt with this this eight episode and then that'll leave the rest hmm. of the 16 episodes to deal with the Commonwealth for the next big, big bad. The next two yeah. big bads, right? The next big two, gray. a big bad in this eight, a big bad in next eight and a big bad in the final eight. <sighs> Yeah, I don't. The Commonwealth feels robust enough to be essentially a whole season, and I hope they get yeah. that. Um, 
So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, that's it. What did you guys all think of this episode? We would love to know. There's a way you can do. Uh, you you can send in your thoughts to us. It's watching dead at baldmove.com. Send us an email. Uh, if you don't know, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. on twitch.tv slash baldmove, we do a live feedback episode. You can stop by and watch us record the episode live. Otherwise, it'll be out within 24 hours of us recording it um, to kind of get you prepped for the next week's episode. So, uh, again, uh, these episodes drop pretty much the same time Walking Dead airs on AMC, 9, 9 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, we live record the feedback episode 1 p.m. on Twitch. And uh, everything else, check out baldmove.com if you'd like to see some of the other stuff we're doing. So that'll do it for this week. We will see you back for the feedback episode and next weekend for another exciting episode of The Walking Dead. See how blue the filters will get. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya. See ya.